are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Welcome everybody. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we have Cool Waza in the building. Hello. That's wild. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you How's doing, your T-Mac? week been? My week has been great. Um, yeah, it's been great. All right, so today we're going to be kind of following on from last week's episode, which was all about Christmas. I really liked that episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about... Today, we're talking about perceptions, our perceptions of things as framed by media and tradition and culture, etc., etc. So, I mean, last week, obviously, the focus was Christmas, and we all have this perception of, oh, okay, so, well, those Christians who then do the nativity plays, it's always Mary with little baby Joseph, uh, baby Jesus, and there's Joseph by the side, but they're always white, right? Mm-hmm. But then, if you think of it historically, was he really white? We don't know. So that's kind of some of the things yeah. we'll be discussing today. These perceptions that we have, mainly from media, Western powers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think one of the ones for me that's always been <clears throat> a tricky one is um, growing up, we were always shown this picture of Jesus as this very like fair-skinned guy with long hair. And almost um, everyone pictures Jesus like that or rather a lot of people mm-hmm. each time Jesus is depicted even, even in cartoons it's always the guy with the long hair and the white robe and I know the Bible does talk about you know him wearing a white robe but I, I just think there's something about it that's like hmm okay so those are the kinds of things we want to <coughs> talk about today to say is that actually accurate or is that just a picture that was imposed yeah. on us and how does that affect our worship you know mm. um, does it affect it in any way does it matter? Should it matter? It doesn't. Well, it shouldn't. Yeah. Really. So today we've got Kuwaza and we're going to be talking about this. Um, so yeah, so let's dive into it. Yeah. So actually, why don't we just start there? Because actually last hmm. week we were talking about how Father Christmas obviously is this rather overweight white man. But here in yeah. Africa, he's like a skinny black owned. Like <laughs> <laughs> the Father Christmas that you see at the shopping center just need to stop looks wrong. Just like, he just yeah. looks like, dude, like clearly you're doing this with the money. You are not typecast at all. Like, they just found <laughs> you there. Like, yeah. So it's kind of that cognitive dissonance that happens for a kid where it's like, but is this really Father Christmas? Mm, I don't think so. Doesn't fit the idea yeah, you have yeah. so similarly if you didn't displayed with the presented sorry with the black jesus mm-hmm. which i have seen on some um churches that do that yeah you just think hmm, but why are they trying to force the guan he wasn't black but we don't really know what was he like really no one really knows, no one really knows. <laughs> but there is that thing that what's it called the so, towel that wiped <clears throat> his face and then his face was imprinted on the towel is that a real um, thing yeah. it's not a real thing What's that it's thing? It's a legend. But they call it the what? The, the Shroud of, of Turin. Yes, the, sh- the Shroud of Turin. Ah, all this time I thought it was real. Maybe it's because I grew up Catholic. But Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Exactly why. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but what? So... That's actually Look, got no basis in reality. Because then <laughs> that's what made me think that clearly you look like this thing. What this no, but even the Shroud itself is just a... You know, it's like a... What do you call it? Like when you brand something, mm. 
that's what it looks like. I mean, you don't get to see the person's color of that. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus would probably have been uh, brown in color, in his skin color, because of the climate in which, you know, even where he lived, very hot and everything. Middle East was not white. Those guys aren't brown. Middle Eastern people. Mm -hmm, They are. Those ones, where the dogs. Yeah, those ones. Mm -hmm. Guys. They're not brown. So I'll tell you what, this is very interesting. I was, I was having a conversation with a gentleman um, a few weeks ago who's um, he's into history and all of this stuff. And we're talking. And he's a very, you know, very passionate pan-African kind of guy. He's yeah. a banker. Yeah. And he says to me, Kuda, do you know that um, there's been a lot of propaganda through the years to try and um, basically diminish the, the black man? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We never saw- Propaganda. I just struggled to keep a straight face. Why was that propaganda? I don't know. <laughs> the joke uh, yeah. about Michael Jackson. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I know propaganda. This comes back to you every time someone. T Mac, it's okay. <laughs> so anyway. That needs to make the recording. So basically, so this guy says to me, um, Jesus was actually dark skinned. I was like, okay. And he says, if you look, he gave me some explanation, right? But then he goes on to say, part of the re that Joseph, who was the guy who carried, um, who was forced basically to carry Jesus cross to help Jesus carry the cross. That was Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene. Cyrene yeah. So he says he says, do you know that Simon of Cyrene was black? He was yeah, right? and he's always black, like yes. when they depict him. And he says the reason why they forced him to carry the cross was because he's the one who looked like Jesus the most. So they're like, help your homie. Or you. that people stand bystanders wouldn't be able to tell the difference with yeah it's not yeah, something like that. It's not the like, okay. And he gave some other explanation. And then I just thought, okay, this is actually very interesting. But, <clears throat> but, here's my point. <clears throat> my point is that, isn't it funny that it's actually very difficult for us to picture? Okay, it's easier. And I don't want to turn this into a racial thing. But it's, yeah. why is it easier for us to picture a white Jesus mm-hmm. with long hair? And did he? Mm-hmm. Looking like Michael Bolton. Yeah. Right? And why is it easier for us to do that? And much more difficult for us to picture Jesus who's got, who's got darker skin. Yeah, because that uh, the the white Jesus has been around since around about 300 AD, uh, when uh, Rome, uh, Constantine uh, converted to Christianity, and uh, oh, is he merged. responsible for that too. We had beef with him last week. Yes, well, he's responsible. Well, you see, because of the Catholic Church, a lot of these things have been uh, brought in because of you know how the Catholic Church tried to merge a lot of the things that come out of Roman culture with Christianity. Right. So, for example, and we'll talk about this, I think, where Christmas came from anyway. Yeah. Um, it was some pagan holiday that the Romans had. And so Constantine thought, hey, why go, why go counterculture? Why, why, why make people, you know, uh, go into this new thing when you have stuff already that we're, go, that, that we're doing and then we can just basically re-brand superimpose, a rebrand, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, some festivities like Jesus' birthday or whatever onto some feast that they used to have during the winter, uh, the winter solstice, uh, which is around the, uh, December the 25th and so on. So along with that, just also 
uh, I think what they what they were successful at doing was recreating Christianity in their own image. Mm. Yeah, and so their own uh, festivities, their own uh, uh, seasons, the times that they would you know do stuff. That's that's when you know. Then they say, okay, so we're going to do this, and then you guys are Christians. This is how the church is going to do everything. So they just really, and that's why Christ is made white mm. because they were white. Mm. So it was a reimagining of Christianity in their own image, in their own context. Yeah, interesting. And then they exported that. So whoever exported it would take it wherever they went. And so you, uh, your Robert Moffat comes here, Father Silveira, all these guys in fifteen in the early uh, or mid fifteen hundreds. They bring Christianity here. They bring a white uh, Jesus, mm. uh, a white Mary, uh, and Jesus with that heart and the yeah. thorns around it. What was up with yeah. that thing? Yeah. That? <laughs> the sacred heart. My mom actually has that picture in her yeah. lounge. Yeah. A lot of, well, I'd say maybe, I don't know, 40%? Can I get you honest? And I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, right? But, but go ahead and be picture. disrespectful. <laughs> I've looked at that picture a couple of times and I'm like, well, you know, you know, just like he's like, okay, but just like like a meek. Okay, he does not lamb. look like a carpenter, like a dude who was lifting up logs and pieces of wood. Okay, he's not a lumberjack. Hammering. He wasn't a lumberjack. He was a you know, there's a whole theory around why men don't go to church much. And part of it is because Jesus. the Jesus that's presented is an effeminate Jesus. Mm. He's got a lamb in his hands or you know, across his shoulders. And that he's appeals more, man. yeah, he's not a man's man. It appeals more to the ladies than it does to a guy. But, so it's, it's, it's not attractive to men. Yeah. You know, because men want to follow men. You know, you, if Jesus was, was butch, imagine if there was a Jesus who's muscled up and toned up and you know with uh five o'clock whatever they call it you know shave and all that kind of thing um and and the impact that 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 would have i mean even if you reimagine the stories uh not reimagine but retell them not even retell them but tell them in their proper context and be a bit imaginative in the way that you tell them you know you're talking about fishermen he's you know he's on the sea and, and it's rough out in the waters and he's asleep and everyone's going crazy you know it's not the kind of thing you'd associate with an effeminate person you know he's very brave he's very bold he's taking on people all the time yeah and 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 it takes that kind of retelling of the story to get men interested so but that's just a study that other guys did right. and so you see how that can affect a lot of things yeah. um the way that jesus is portrayed affects how people would want to be a part of exactly. what he's and I, about and I will say, you know i think the passion of the christ was actually the first movie the first jesus movie that i saw where jesus is presented as you know as as a as a hunk right yeah kind of but he was wearing yeah. Mud. Yeah. Look up, but then when he takes off the shirt and when he's getting whipped i know that um, that scene is a bit gruesome, but I'm just saying, I was like, okay, no, that makes more sense. Whereas yeah. all the other movies that have been done in the past, he's just like this very soft guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it, you know, if you just touch him, he's going to break or something. You know what I mean? It's... Yeah. So <clears throat> the whole point of the discussion we're having um, is that we want to talk about how those perceptions have affected the way we view God and the way we worship God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Another one that I can that, that I'm going to bring in is um, wait this, before we go uh-huh. further. Um, that's Jesus, right? But then yeah. there's also how do we imagine God? For me, he's like what's that dude from Lord of the Rings? Gandalf. Um, Gandalf. The long white beard and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's a wizard. Hey, bruh, But I mean, in every <laughs> cartoon or like movie where they're trying to portray God, 
what's it, Bruce Almighty or whatever, they'll they'll have a white man with yeah. a long white beard, not quite as overweight as Santa, but you know, somewhere there. I was and happy when they used Morgan Freeman. I was like, yeah, finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, generally, but didn't that have a bit of cognitive dissonance for you? Like, initially, how okay, how is it a black dude? Huh? Or oh, the shack now that like, yeah, the shack takes it to a whole nother level. That's a really good book. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, wh- where did that come from? Thinking that God is this white man in the sky with a white beard. Yeah. So again, um, I think the issue you have with mankind is this thing in which, and I think that is in itself um, a reflection of the hearts of men, of trying to, to put God in our box, to make God understandable and accessible. Right. You know, of course, God is accessible, but there is something about God that makes him you know, transcendent. Mm-hmm. He is not the guy who lives on your street. He is so much bigger. Mm-hmm. So in, in order to kind of tame or to understand him or to domesticate God, as it were, to say, okay, here's, if my son were to ask me, what does God look like? I need to be able to tell him what God looks like or give him an idea. People re- have nothing else, but the reference point is what's around them. Mm-hmm. So... um He's a wise person. So wisdom must be very old, ancient of days. Mm-hmm. This old man with a flowing beard. And some of it is also um, uh, influenced by some of the imagery that the Bible uses uh, out of the visions. Like if you look at Daniel 7, mm-hmm. the vision that he saw mm-hmm. um, of the ancient of days uh, seated on the throne. He had a white uh, beard as well, white oh, as wool. He? Yes. Um, but that, that was, that's like an image. It's, like, it's, it's, it's a vision. Yeah. Because if you look at the prophets and you look at the things that they see, they see different things depending yeah. on what God is revealing to them. Yeah. Um, you never see the same thing. So people tend to reimagine um, stuff in terms of the culture that they're in. Yeah. yeah. So basically, you then become Sekuru because <clears throat> wise. Yes. And when you look at the Bible, I've often wondered also that if God is so um, beyond anything that we can think right or imagine and there's no earthly analogy that we can actually use that would equate to who god is i think it would make sense for even the prophets to want to use something within their context to mm-hmm. depict god mm-hmm. to say his hair looked like <clears throat> what like this or you know what i mean or in revelation where um john is saying um his voice was like the sound of many, many waters, waters yeah. all, all of that kind of stuff because yeah. he was trying to find something within um, his context that he could use to, to, to describe what he, just wh- what he was seeing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, the, it makes sense because you can't, you know, you can't, you, you struggle to have language for things you've never seen before, you know, so you're always going to use what is familiar something to explain that, which or is, metaphors yeah, or similes. yeah, exactly. So it was like, so when Ezekiel is speaking in Ezekiel one, he says, this is the uh, appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. So he's giving you, a vi- the vision is an appearance, right? right. It's an appearance of a likeness. <laughs> it's not even done. It's not even, so it's, it's an approximation of an approximation. Mm. Um, and so, because God is so on another scale that we just don't have language to describe him. Yeah. And so he even helps us, gives us lion of the tribe of Judah. Then I saw a lamb that was like, looking like it was slain, sitting on the throne, trying to help us, you know, to right. understand and to get on his street. Oh, oh, a lamb. Okay, let me have a look at a lamb. What does a lamb look like? Oh, gentle, all this kind of thing. All right. 
So I want to I wanna <clears throat> move swiftly along. Sorry. Because I want us to move on to the bad guy. The devil. Yeah. Because the devil has always been depicted as this guy with horns and a tail and this pitchfork, <laughs> right? Yeah. Even on the man you just <laughs> Red yeah. Devils. Yeah. Are the you new men you support them? Yeah. Hmm? What, what, what's wrong? Yeah, you should be there. Okay. Anyway. Are cool. You, you know? Yeah. The, um, the book of Ezekiel, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting the chapter, and Koaza, maybe you can help me here, talks about, gives this description of um, Lucifer and who he was, mm-hmm. right? And how he was this beautiful creature and all these sophisticated yeah. things about that he was, made, he was made up of. Yeah. So what I want to understand now is that um, it appears that the Bible describes Lucifer as this fair creature, mm-hmm. stunning creature, right? Mm-hmm. But Susu, we know him as this ugly dude with the pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Isn't that actually what causes some of the deception, right? Well, uh-huh, uh-huh. where we're thinking <clears throat> the devil is this nasty guy, right? Mm-hmm. And yet the dude. Is actually like presents himself presents totally himself different. Totally different. As, some, yeah. as, as something attractive. Exactly. Yes. It's not something that will be overtly ugly when you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think the reason that people have that, and you know, like a lot of caricatures are not caricatures that are out of coming out of nowhere. They have some basis in some truth. Well, for the yeah. benefit of our listeners, can you just explain what a caricature is? Okay, that's caricature. something that yeah, where, where, where someone exaggerates some aspects of a character to illustrate you know uh, illustrate or to uh, put across a point uh, that they want to make. Thank you. Yeah. Well so ending up distorting a character right. to make a point that they want to make. All right, and um, so those distortions. Let me say that. Um, are sometimes um, many times based on what the Bible actually shows. Right. Um, so yes, Satan has all had all those qualities, but he was thrown out of heaven. He's away from the presence of God, and you'd expect that if someone is taken out of the presence of God, something happens to their appearance, something happens to them. And you see, the Bible starts off with him uh, appearing in the garden as a serpent, but at the end, in Revelation twelve, you see him being spoken of as a dragon. An ugly beast with seven heads. Uh, it's just you know, something that you can't even look at. You know, right. you don't even look at. It's just, just horrible. Yeah, even trying to picture it right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's where the the, the pitchfork and horns and the tail come from. Um, and you know, he's just he he's depicted in uh, Revelation twelve pursuing uh, this woman who had just given birth. Uh, to, a male, to a male child and she's running away and uh, he's, kind of, he's going after her. So you, you see that change um, throughout the Bible in the way that he's depicted. But in terms of appearing, so there's what he really is mm-hmm. and then what he comes across as. So he has the capacity, yes, to, as Paul said, masquerade. So even the, de- yeah. the devil masquerades as an angel of light. So he can appear very beautiful. He can, you know, he can put it on. Right. Yes, it were. But uh, what you see in Revelation is what it truly is uh, at the end of the age now, when he's away from the presence of God and he's had all these encounters where he's been defeated by angels and the Holy Spirit is having a go at him and this is what he is now. But don't you think, like, for example, I'm sure we all used to watch Tom and Jerry and whenever... 
home would be having those moments of realization. I mean, we need to have like the one yeah. angel <laughs> on the one shoulder, on one shoulder yeah. and then the other little kind of devilish one. Yes. And it just makes you start to think that because the angel one always won. So, yes. so you start to think, ah, okay, devil, okay, okay, I got a deity. Like, yeah. It almost sanitizes the devil and makes yeah. him seem like this powerful, puny little clown almost because yes. in most cartoons he's just depicted as a clown yeah so or cow and chicken i don't know if you know you watch that my pet monster yeah and like, Stuff like that. he he doesn't seem harmful yeah put it that way yeah yes he can make you he, he's always portrayed as the bad side yeah but it doesn't seem like he's all that powerful yeah maybe that's a good thing that we shouldn't really view him as having that much power mm-hmm. but i do think that media has sort of sanitized him so that we think ah, the dude i mean really he doesn't make me do anything yeah kind of thing i mean you have things like you know i was i was um i said something on uh, social media i don't know was it facebook or twitter i forget out of my own um reflections i was thinking about this phrase that people say a lot particularly British guys, you know, if you listen to a lot of newscasts and stuff, they'll say, oh, you know, but the, but the devil is in the detail. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, stuff like that. The devil is in the detail. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought, no, 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 but the truth is that it is God who is in the detail mm-hmm. and not the devil. Uh, and you have all these throwaway phrases, or you know, like, yeah, speak of the devil, you know, oh, as I was walking I'm in. devil's advocate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, or, or, or what are the... Driven, are you driven by your inner demons? Exactly. <laughs> What the hell? You know what I mean? <laughs> what the hell? You know what hell looks like? Do you know what it is? You know yeah. where yeah, people go now, there? It doesn't seem like it a doesn't, thing. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just a phrase now. It doesn't exactly. seem like an actual place. You see now. Yeah. So the, these are things that the enemy also is working on to sanitize. And that, that's why I keep reminding people that the only story that Jesus ever told you know, in the Bible that wasn't a parable because it had actual names, people that actually, like it was a, a, a historical account, was the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about the, the rich man being in hell. Mm-hmm. And because they wanted to show the reality of hell, that it is a real place where real people go. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not this place that has just been created so that people can say, oh, you know, how do you make holy water? Boil the hell out of it. Ha ha ha. And it's a big joke. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people have a laugh. And this is and, and this plays into the devil's hands. Right. Because the devil is comfortable when either you make too much of him or you make, or you make too yeah, too light of him. Mm. Yeah. He he's comfortable with both extremes. Yeah. Because they you know, on one hand you're afraid and you're bound. Right. Um, and on the other hand, you are careless and you're flippant. And he can come in and sneak in when you least expect it. So would you say, like, phrases like that, like saying, what the hell? Yeah. Should you put that on the same level as using God's name in vain? Not, like, because God is God. Yeah, look, I think... But, like, as in, we shouldn't just say these things. I think what we're doing tonight is very important, um, is dealing with perceptions as part of that, is reimagining our language uh, in terms of what the scripture actually says. And now I won't even talk about uh, hell or whatever, just to bring it to something even more harmless that people say all the time, even Christians. Yeah. If someone has died, they say, may their dear soul rest in peace. Mm. Right? Um, but that doesn't make sense if you are a Christian who believes the Bible. Because if you die and you are in Christ, 
you are asleep and you've gone to be with the Lord. If you die and you're not in Christ, there is no rest for the wicked, the Bible says. Mm. So no matter how much you may say, may their dear soul rest in peace, there is no resting in peace if they're not in Christ. So these are the kind of things that we do, and, and it's subconscious, we pick it up, we see it in the newspaper, my uncle yeah. used to say it, we grew up saying it, and we don't think it through and say, okay, uh, what, does this make sense in light of what the Bible says about hell? What the hell? You know, mm. does that make sense? Uh, Oh, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Would you really want to be in a court of law in heaven, being an advocate for the devil and you know, saying, no, no, he doesn't need to go to, don't punish him because you know, he's, a, he's a great guy. Would you want to be doing that? You know what I mean? It's, and, and that's how you know, the, we just import things. The Bible says yeah. that uh, um, a, a man who says, uh, who says something negative and then says, I'm just joking, is like yeah. a, 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 a madman or a fool who's got firebrands and is... Yeah, just firing, you know, firebrand arrows, you know. But you just say, oh, it's just a joke. No, the words that you say actually matter and you're actually giving credence to the devil or giving him power in the lives of the people you're speaking to or even in your own life mm. wow, by simply exactly. either overstating him or understating him yeah. in the way that you speak so, about him. Stay away from them. <laughs> like how they do, okay, bad example, yeah. but like how in Harry Potter they don't say that dude's name. You guys know? No? Okay. I'm the heathen, clearly. Um, how do you call Voldemort? He must not be named. Like, they don't say his name. Oh, yeah. He's just a person. I I just never jumped onto the whole Yeah, no, I read. No, in my defense, I read the first one, then I burnt all the other ones. I had the other ones, but I didn't read them. You sold them. I was told that, hey, when you burn the books, the flame will be green. (laughs) You see now. (laughs) So, it's just normal. Yeah, and I think this is very important, like you said, um, Kowaza, that um, we, we do need to, to debunk or at least start to address some of these things because, um, I, you know, just what you're talking about right now, the, the amount of times that we use devil references, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, jokingly. Yeah. And it all seems innocuous, harmless, but um, yeah, it's, what's it doing to our psyche and yeah. how we actually then view evil? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, are we done with this point? Because I wanted yes. to, to, to... This discussion is a three-part series, so the discussion continues in episode 90 and 91 to follow. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.